for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, November 12, 2013. This is episode 105 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, right here, Tuesday evenings, attackoftheandroids.com slash live. Got a chat room there and this beautiful HD video. Uh, of course, I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Eric on Skype. What's up, Eric? Hey, Matt. Uh, not watching the HD video, but if I were, I would be watching them with freshly lasered eyes. Ah, how is your eyes? Are they good? My eyes is okay. Your They're eyes is still a little weird. Is like a hawk's? Not really. No. <laughs> but better than that. Sure. I, so what I'm talking about, I got LASIK over the weekend, and mm-hmm. it's a little weird. And apparently I'm in that small percentage of people that doesn't just have itching. They have like... Holy crap, there's knives stabbing my eyes, pain. Really? Like your so, eyes actually itch? Like your eyeballs? The entire eyeball itches. That's so and then, weird. Like every five seconds, it would be like a jabbing pain in a different part of my eye. Really? It was wonderful. But you can see really well, right? Now, now I can, yeah, definitely. Was it worth it? It was, it was worth it, but uh, like I said, that first night, thank God for Valium. Because yeah, that is right? the only reason I slept. How long? Uh, how long are those effects like? Do they last for? Uh, well, the pain was only like a night, uh, and then over the next few weeks, everything should start like healing and looking more perfect every day. Nice. My special eyes. Good deal. Also, with special eyes, joining us from Texas, Nick Carroll. What's up, Nick? Yay! Glad to be back. Thanks, Yay, guys. Texas! <laughs> hey. Awesome. Y'all? Uh, yeah, like I said, this is episode 105. Uh, I should mention again, I'll, I'll probably mention this one or two more times, but uh, each one of our tech shows now has their own YouTube channel within uh, my account that they used to be on. So uh, if you check out the tech show playlist, I still add them there, but go to attackoftheandroids.com or yet another tech show.com and uh, on the menu bar, you'll see our new YouTube channel for each show. So if you like the show, Give us a, a subscribe, plus one thumbs up, like, <laughs> like it. Uh, do all that. We appreciate it. So uh, let's see, Eric, you are experiencing beautiful, swift, fast, and every other synonym for that word, uh, LTE speeds on the Nexus 7. You should. Not anymore. No? What happened? No. I came back home. Oh, so you only had it because you were somewhere with LTE, and now you don't have it. Yep. Isn't that the worst? The That's got to be the worst because you know you, like, experienced it, and then it just gets plucked away from you. But for that for that brief moment, those couple of days Bliss. were beautiful. Blissful heaven, yeah? Riding around on the on the SkyTrain, the, you know, the, the um, public transportation, my tablet, sitting there, like watching a, a YouTube video, going through Feedly, marking stuff for the show. It was awesome. I'm, I, I cannot wait to move to somewhere that has LTE and I can just do this all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. So now, and I even, you know, to our point that we talked about before, you were like, well, why don't you just tether it to your phone and blah, blah, blah. I did that for a little bit because I was having some problems getting the LTE SIM card to activate. Okay. Um. It totally ate up my battery on uh, my phone. That is, I, I should have mentioned, like, I, whenever I do that, I usually have the device plugged into the uh, adapter in the vehicle. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, if you're trying to do that for, like, any amount of time, it's definitely going to eat your battery. And, I mean, you can do it two ways, right? You can do it through Wi-Fi tethering or you can do the Bluetooth tethering. I think, I've, I haven't tested this, I, I don't really mess with Bluetooth that much, but I think the Bluetooth would be a little better on your battery but probably not much not much i i was doing mostly bluetooth tethering and oh word yeah sucked it you know sucked down the battery life a little bit so i can see like if 
uh, if I lived in a big city, um, that like there's a lot of value to having the SIM card slot in here. And it wasn't that expensive to, um, you know, to have, you know, I had basically 4G for a week and I, I paid, I think a dollar for the SIM card and maybe like three or four bucks for the data. So it was, it was great. Very nice. Otherwise outside of the internet, like how's it been uh, doing for you? What's that? How's the tablet been doing for you outside of just like internet access, like just in terms of usability and such? I uh, it's it's wonderful. I I really like it. The new Nexus Seven is is outstanding. Um, and uh, I got so with it. So I I've noticed um like there's been some stories on the internet about multi-touch issues. I have noticed some weird, like sometimes it'll it'll act like I'm touching something when I'm not, or vice versa, and like that can get a little annoying, um, but it's not anything. Like it's not anything that happens a lot, or that you know really you know causes a problem with my with my day to day experience. Have you, tried a, have you tried like a multi touch app? Like I have one on my phone. Well, it's not on my phone. It's on the Nexus Seven. But you may try that and see if you have any phantom touches on on the screen. No, I should try that. Um, because I yeah I tell you like it'd be really annoying. Um, and, uh, another pet peeve, which is not really Nexus 7 related. It's more, I just, I don't like the new Google keyboard. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Yeah. So it's, and I think that like part of the reason I don't like it is that like, it seems like it, it like exacerbates that multi-touch issue. So mm-hmm. it's either the keyboard sucks, um, or the multi-touch issue just makes the keyboard suck more. Yeah, for me, I've got Jury one on stuff. my uh, Nexus 4, and I guess for me, like, a couple of buttons are placed a little, like, off, like I'm, I'm mispressing, so I don't know, but, like, uh, oh, I don't have it pulled up. But anyways, yeah, n- not a fan of the uh, of the update. I'm still having to learn a couple things or re- retrain my fingers a tiny bit. And and I will also throw out there, uh, for folks that have one of the new Nexus 7s, um, Poetic uh, puts out a case, and I, I'm pretty sure I got this case for, like, maybe like a couple of dollars on Amazon. Um, it's an awesome case. It's uh, it's magnetic. It does sort of the, where it folds up and, yeah. um, you know, and then like, but when you fold it up, like the, when you actually make the, the triangle shape, um, the magnets sort of snap that triangle into, into place. So it's like rigid. Um, it's a very nice case. Uh, so yeah. overall I've been, I've been really happy with the Nexus 7 and being that it's the very first tablet I've, I've had that has, um, a SIM card slot. I don't oh, yeah. think I will go back to not having one. I like it that much. Hmm. Yeah, I've got just on the side. I've got a Blu-Rex uh, Ultra Slim case for my Nexus Seven, my original Nexus Seven, and uh, Blu-Rex and Moco. They basically make the same case. I get it from the same like supplier, but uh, they've got a new one for the next new Nexus Seven as well. It's like fifteen bucks on Amazon, and uh, it you know it's Forget the, I don't know the name of the material. It's some sort of like vinyl or fake vinyl. I don't know what you call it, but uh, it's just really nice too. It also has a sleep weight feature, and I use that for my Nexus Seven. So that'd be something to consider as well. But yeah, uh, I hear a lot about Poetic. I've seen a few uh, like case reviews and like case like like Droid Life or some others, and uh, pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um... So one other thing that I'm doing uh, on my Nexus 7 is – so I, I run Nova Launcher. That is my launcher of choice. The, the default launcher is, is okay, um, but ever since, uh, ever since Ice Cream Sandwich came out, I've loved Nova Launcher, and it was even an app pick when that, yeah. when that came out. Um, <laughs> well, Nova Launcher has just come out with 2.3 beta. So if you, if you actually run Nova Launcher, uh, if you go into the Nova Launcher settings – and then go to check for updates. You'll see the you know the typical three little dots in the uh, top right corner of the of the window. If you tap that and then select beta, it will give you the option to download 2.3 beta. And what that does is it brings a lot of the look and feel of KitKat to your device. So even though my Nexus 7 is not running KitKat, it is in spirit. <laughs> so I, I have some of the like. Like just the like the way that the app button looks, the way that it shows like which screen you're on. Um, supposedly, if you run KitKat already, you can do like some of the menu bar transparent or notification transparency stuff. 
So it's kind of cool. Nick, uh, have you have you messed with Nova Launcher? Do you use it or another alternate launcher? I, I've used Nova in the past, but I haven't uh, since I got this Nexus 4. I use it on my Atrix. But uh, since I moved to this, uh, uh, Nexus 4, I, honestly, I just haven't even thought about it. <laughs> I didn't even transfer it over, so... So you're just you're just running stock, yeah, stock. Same thing with the Nexus Seven. I just I don't know, just trying to live in that, that little experience. But uh, yeah, I really should download the new KitKat launcher. I hear a lot of people are downloading it, liking it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it looks. It just looks pretty. It's it's like Google with with KitKat. Um, like they're every every new generation, they seem to be getting a better design sense, and uh, yeah. KitKat. KitKat is a better design sense, though I feel if they keep going this way, they're going to start getting into the weird iOS 7, like, where it looks like jelly beans and Easter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the I'll color scheme. one thing I'm, I'm not a fan of. They're making the icons so big and putting so few on the, uh, on the screen that, you know, like uh, right now it's, I've got like, what, 16 plus, well, another four, about 20 really. Uh, on screen, and I'm afraid that once I get KitKat on this, I'm gonna have like I don't know five icons. So, <laughs> seems like they're uh, going a interesting. But you'll have as many screens to put them on as as yeah. you need, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about you guys. I've I've I put maybe a few apps, like actual apps, on my home screens. Most of what I have on my home screens nowadays are widgets. Like, and it was kind of the opposite yeah. before. Like, I, I had maybe a widget here, but mostly it was apps. Well, it's be- um, well, we have more horsepower to devote to things like that. Like, on the Galaxy Nexus, if you had more than a couple widgets, and those widgets were things that were very data-intensive, like Twitter or Facebook or G+, anything that's, like, constantly pulling in uh, information like that, and it would start to, you would get screen redraws, you know? It would take it a, a couple seconds. I don't think I've ever seen a screen redraw on my phone. Really? Where, you were getting that on the Droid 2? On the Droid X would do it a lot. It would blink, and then you'd have to wait for your icons to come back and then your widget to come back. And mm. uh, the Galaxy Nexus did that. I've only seen – I've seen the Moto X do it, like, once or twice, and it's when uh, I, I had Beyond Pod playing and I had Ingress running and a couple other things probably, and it did it for, like, a sec. It, it was really quick, though. So, yeah, I don't know. The only here, I, if you guys are watching, you can kind of see this is pretty much my home screen. Like I have my Twitter widget because that's where I get all my incoming in any kind of news or information type of thing comes in there. And then all of my, you know, my social stuff. I got my my G plus hangouts, Gmail, Twitter in there. And then my phone stuff like text, secure uh, people, the phone and then, you know, maps. Anything GPS, Ingress, Waze, Maps, and then uh, music stuff, SoundCloud, beyond. and but everything's right there. And I really only use that one screen. The other stuff, you know, I have the next screen over is the the power widget, and then a game, and then things like the flashlight, XDA, all my GPS and speed test tools, and then like PayPal, my bank, my Verizon, and wallet. And then the other side over is like my book stuff, Drive, Evernote, you know. So it's kind of categorized that way. And then I have just one giant calendar, <laughs> and, and that's it. But rarely do I find myself looking at any of those other screens. It's all done on, on the main screen now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. I've got it all down to one screen on both my uh, devices. and trying to make them as close to identical as possible with my Nexus 4 and 7 are about, about the same in terms of the layout and everything. Well, that's another thing screen. I like about Nova Launcher is that it, it seems like and I, I don't – they must be doing this because I'm not doing it. They, whenever I get a new device and I install Nova Launcher on it, if I launch Nova Launcher, it's my home screen from my other device. And it's so, – like, you're not actually – because ADW used to do that, but you would have to export your one and then import it. Like it's doing it automatically now? It's, it's doing it automatically. I've never – That's cool. I've never done an actual – like I know that it's there. I've never done an explicit export. Of um of my of my data from settings Nova Launcher, are, right? That's really cool. Now, what it could be is doesn't doesn't Google um to to some extent back up your your app data? Like if yeah. you say restore right, this device, but it's it's never 
actually restored or at least it hasn't for me and i've i've recently switched devices but it never like restores what it looks like you have to go and set your wallpaper your icons your widgets yeah all your app data all your apps basically but like uh, a, get installed yeah. and when you use adw if you actually did that export it would have all of that there were i believe and this is like droid x days i i haven't used it since but you would export two different things one of them was all of the settings and everything and then the other one was how it all looked like how how the actual ui was uh set up so uh eric Mm. We should talk about yes. this real quick. Uh, article out of mercurynews.com. Samsung trying to replace Google's Android mobile operating system. And I mean, <laughs> like TouchWiz to the nth power or what? Of course, they're talking about Tizen. Um, it starts out the article saying that most mobile phone users have never even heard of Tizen. Neither have car owners or anyone with a fridge. But, of course, Samsung wants to change that. Uh, it says they're in a quiet push to make Tizen a part of the technology lexicon as familiar as Google's Android or Apple's iOS. Uh, its ambition doesn't stop there. Samsung sees the software in your car, fridge, and television also. Uh, the first developer conference in Asia and uh, that was for Tizen wrapped up in, uh, on Tuesday uh, after a two-day run bringing together app developers and Tizen backers from Samsung, Intel, and other mobile operators. Uh, are you familiar with Tizen at all? I know it exists. I was trying to remember what it's based off of. Um, it's I mean, very it, similar I, to Android, I hear, but I've not actually seen it. I mean, is it like Ubuntu Touch? I mean, it's not. it's a mobile OS, obviously, but... It seems like it's a, a more of an embedded operating system. Yeah, I remember from CES last year or earlier this year, they were talking about uh, how you could sort of emulate Android apps on it or something like that, and other apps as well. Maybe well, it's you can do that on any or... other platform, but emulation yeah. is always complete crap. Well, not yeah. complete crap, but it's not ideal. Yeah, it may be virtualization. It's something, but yeah, that's we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but uh, apparently, yeah. I don't think that like this. This is a non-starter, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I mean, it's I, I like the because the Samsung is Samsung is already a very popular, you know, smartphone manufacturer, and now they're they're coming out with this operating system that I don't think is going to have. It's not going to have the ecosystem around well, it. Well, check this out, Eric. Uh, what What do you guys think about this? Samsung uses Android for the last few years and builds their brand not android's brand but samsung's brand now the next iteration of samsung smart devices what if samsung bases it off of tizen but doesn't say anything about that touchwiz makes it look just like it looked on android and now they're completely running their their operating system on top of their devices and still having um the mind share right because of of the brand that that they've built i mean and then destroying that... it when you it, get it, your phone and try to install an app and you're like right. holy crap well All that's the stuff i paid for is no longer like available. Touch from the ground up maybe. virtualization though like you were saying you could spoof that i mean i i doubt this would be so kludgy but you could do it right to where your Android apps all run on there in a virtual uh, terminal of sorts. I mean, it's doable. It's sure it's doable. I just don't think it's probably a smart idea. What's if you the- wanted, so if they wanted to do Tizen for like their TVs and everything else, and then build a like have some sort of you know compatibility layer, like a way that they can talk to the Samsung smartphones that are running Android, maybe that makes sense, <laughs> but. Doing it to somebody's phone or tablet, which is a device that they use very, very often and they currently use apps on, that seems really stupid to me. If you do it to a TV, like the TVs haven't gotten to a point yet where people are like really, really locked into, I want the Samsung TV because I can get the Netflix app on it. They don't care. They just want the TV to work. Smartphones and tablets are still way more complicated than that. 
Well, for me, I'm just concerned about what the experience is like. Because <clears throat> right now with TouchWiz, you're basically seeing a, essentially a really heavy launcher on top of Android, their version of Android. Well, here it's like their operating system from the ground up, and I'm just not sure how it's going to be. That's why I'm very skeptical about Tizen, how it's ultimately going to be. So, And, I mean, here's here's the numbers. It says Samsung supplied about one-third of the smartphones sold worldwide in the third quarter, nearly all of them running Google Android, of course. Uh, it's early bet on Google's free-of-charge operating system serves Samsung well, and the company rise uh, to top smartphone seller also helped Android become the most used mobile platform in the world. Uh, 63%, according to Localytics, uh, 63% of all Android devices are are Samsung. Uh, they say while Samsung was wildly successful with selling the Galaxy phones and tablets, it had little success in locking Galaxy device users into music, messaging, and other Samsung services. Uh, because there's better ones. Google, however, benefited from more people using its search service, Google Play app, and other Google mobile applications on Galaxy smartphones. Owners of Galaxy devices remain, for the most part, a slave to Google's Android update schedule and its rules. We're slaves, you guys. We're slaves. Holy spin, Batman. Are you kidding me? How about being a slave to the carrier that won't update your Samsung Google Galaxy Nexus, right? Uh, it says about 9 in every 10 smartphone users are tied to either Google's Android or Apple's iPhone ecosystems. Uh, so that other 1 in 10 is what? Windows Phone or BlackBerry? <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, generating profit for Google and Apple every time they purchase a game or application on their smartphone. But not just for Google and Apple, dude. For the developers that created said app, right? They make it sound like it's all Google or Apple getting this money. Uh, this is partly why Samsung wants to expand its control beyond hardware to software because they're greedy pigs and they want all your base, not just a little uh, quote, with only hardware, its influence is limited. This is Kang Ying Q, uh, an associate research fellow at state-run Korea Information Society Development Institute. Samsung's goal is to establish an ecosystem centered on Samsung. So there, I mean, there it is. I can't tell you how sick I am of Samsung. <laughs> like, I, I'm just... I'm, I, I'm, I'm Eric, done with this. It makes me that much more happy that I'm on a Moto X. Well, well I, I, go for it, Eric. No, you go for it, Nick. Okay, I was going to say, you know, Google seems to be taking the same direction, too. I mean, we're not seeing any more Samsung hardware coming from them, so. I just get, I get really sick of, like, when other, when other manufacturers, uh, like, artificially lock us into something yes. like, the yes. Galaxy line. Yes. So I, I posted in our community uh, last night um, that uh, Fitbit is going to be rolling out su- support for direct syncing um, of their Fitbit like Flex um, to non-Galaxy owners. Because the way that it worked is that you have this, you have this wristband that counts your steps and stuff. Um, but in order to sync it, you had to pop the little device out of the wristband put it into this little proprietary USB dongle and then plug it into your uh, computer to sync it. But really? if you had an iPhone or you had a Galaxy device, like a Galaxy S3 or a Galaxy Note, then you could do it wirelessly via Bluetooth, low energy. So even though these other phones, granted when it came out, the Nexus phones and stuff, uh, a lot of these phones didn't have support for it in the hardware. Uh, Samsung uh, I mean, in the software, Samsung rolled their own software to make it work. But even once the support came out, Fitbit did not allow people to use their devices that had the capability of of doing Bluetooth low energy, would not allow them to do the wireless sync. Why? So I don't know. <laughs> but now, you know, oh, they're coming down from the mountain. They're going to let us, you know, <laughs> use our device. Thank you. That we bought. Thank you so much. Omnipotent it's, it's one. It's one of the main reasons why uh, I I got rid of the Fitbit 
um, because it was great, but that whole like plug it into the stupid dongle and take like that was just ridiculous. Well, I had read somewhere so, last month that Nike had mentioned that the reason why they weren't supporting Android was because there was no Bluetooth, uh, you know, for LE support. But Samsung had that, so I don't know what what their if I don't know if, if their reasoning. Well, that was true. Or not. There was up until four dot three. So if you have know, a 4.3 like device, you Android. have Bluetooth Low Energy support. Uh, oh, even on Samsung phones? Yeah, be- Samsung had it before because they they basically wrote the software to make it work. Okay. So I, I think it might have been driver reason. support. I'm I'm not 100% okay. certain, but I do remember this because there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, you know, news coming out on the internet around June, July showing that um, – Showing like these devices going through like a Bluetooth certification process that included low energy. That's weird. But yeah, stop being greedy. So, thanks, Fitbit. <laughs> you're you're a peep. Fantastic. Uh, did you guys see this? You you threw it uh, in the doc, I think, Eric. Uh, the Google Now OK Jarvis command. Yeah, uh, I saw. Did this. not work for me, so I'll let you explain it. Oh, really? It, it doesn't yeah. – I have the Moto X, and the Moto X, like, you can't say, okay, Jarvis, and it'll wake up. But if you're in Google now, you say, okay, Jarvis, okay, Jarvis, boom, and it's like, what do you want? So just okay, a funny – obviously a nod if if you're not familiar with the game Ingress. Uh, Jarvis is one of the characters in in the game, so – Kind of cool. Okay, Jarvis. It it would have been cooler if they would have made it, I mean, at least for phones that support it, which I think right now would only be the Motorola, the new droids, and the Moto X, saying, okay, Jarvis, something, and have it actually wake the phone. But still kind of cool. So, And you say it didn't work for you, Eric? Did we lose Eric? Well, yeah, both you and Eric, at I'm least back. from my point of view, froze oh, a little bit. Okay, sorry. Here we are. <laughs> Network issues. Nice. We're, we're back, Eric. We can hear you. Um, it didn't work for you, no, Eric? Nope. Um, but I, the more I look at my phone, like I don't think Google Now is set up. Oh, well, you better get like, on that. Well, you're supposed to be able to, you if you hold down on the home screen and you swipe up to Google. Right. Um, it's supposed to come up. Instead, all I get is Google search. Or it says search or say okay Google. Yeah, so, so there, say it. Shut up, I'm not talking to you. Say it. Stop see, it. it did it. Now say okay Jarvis. Okay Jarvis. Okay Jarvis. No, it doesn't like that. Yes, it does. Say it. Say it again. Okay Jarvis. Don't don't say it sarcastically. Okay Jarvis. Yeah, I'm waiting. It's clocking. <laughs> it's uploading the audio to Google. <laughs> All right. And it came. It, what it came up with was a Google search for how OK Jarvis works. <laughs> of course. Oh crap. Oh, that's fine. Uh, they tried out other phrases. OK Hugo. Um, I guess just two syllables, right? Hey Google worked. OK phone did not work, but OK computer also did not work. But OK Jarvis. So if you just say. Like, uh, if I say, okay, Kelsey, okay, Kelsey, okay, Kelsey, okay, Jarvis. Just waiting for it to smack you. See, Jarvis works, but nothing, okay, well, it's not syllables then. <laughs> That's cool, though. And beam me up, Scotty works? Is that, what's what's that one? Because that, that also just became really? a revelation. I didn't. Yeah, that, you'll get Google responding. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. Okay. <laughs> this is sure, stupid. With, I, I Do you have to be in? <laughs> is this... this is compelling. Okay, whatever. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Eric, tell me about the TIO map for GPU drivers that will possibly aid KitKat development for the Galaxy Nexus. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, no, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I lost the story because I forgot the important bits. When it was discovered um, that the Samsung Galaxy Nexus would not be getting an official build of Android 4.4, many of the device's loyal users were understandably upset. 
After all, the GeneX is still a competent device today, almost two years after its November 17th, 2011 release date, which is in five days. So, hey, happy birthday, Galaxy Nexus. <laughs> uh, despite claims, despite Google's claims that the GeneX fell outside of the typical 18-month support window, many were quick to attribute the missing update path to TI's exit from the mobile SOC market and the subsequent absence of drivers for the latest version of Android. Uh, this very issue has been the source of various graphical glitches seen with early unofficial builds for the GSM and Verizon variants. However, this may be less of an issue going forward as XDA recognized developer AOSP has located a new commit to the GPU drivers on OMAP Zoom by TI employee Eric Luong. So that's pretty cool, right? That he went up there and made this so that we could get some support, some love. It's a good deal, Eric. Thank some you. Official well, support. <laughs> yeah. Well, there. This is kind of interesting to me. Is that I didn't realize that um, Texas Instruments was getting out of the uh, system on a chip market yeah, last year. Yeah. Really. And they said, "Well, so, we're done like late last year or maybe early this year." But yeah, the Kindle, my Atrix two. Or, you know, the original Kindle Fire, the Atrix 2, those are all on the OMAP uh, 4430 processor. And they're like, oh, we're done. And so, yeah, that's why everyone's moved over to Qualcomm because, like, one last, you know, and NVIDIA hasn't been, you know, doing as well either. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so basically, like, the, so the article, the article is, the title is very correct in that it says possibly a the KitKat development. Um, <laughs> Because I, I would go in, I would just read the, the Q&A with, uh, with the developer who goes by hash code. Very cute. Um, basically just talking about how, you know, it's different, different versions of, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Surface Flinger and uh, HW Composer. Like this is, this, is the, this is the fun stuff we talk about on the show. Um, so it's saying that with Jelly Bean, you need a, you need a particular version of the HW Composer API and um, Makes sense. you know Texas Instruments implements it at a different API level, so it looks like it's going to be a lot of work. But the fact that this um, Texas Instrument employee, maybe this is like his ten percent time, uh, <laughs> went in and, and updated the uh, the drivers is uh, kind of cool. It might might breathe some life into your Nexus in the near future or distant future. That is cool. Oh, Sorry, my, my electricity is freaking out. <laughs> Are you getting a storm? The, a, a power storm. I don't know if you guys can hear it. It's just click, 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 click. A little bit. No, I can't. All right. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, let's Moving see. Ouya's new streamlined user interface coming later this month. Have either of you gotten this yet? Not me. Negative. Um, Honestly, I haven't <laughs> fired up the Ouya in about three weeks. So, really, yeah. it's kind yeah. of taking it, taking a seat well, to like, the tablet. Play, what are you well, gaming on? Yeah, pretty much a tablet. But I mean, it's like that's where it's at. First uh, levels that you can play on these. And then you got to pay like five, six bucks or more for a title. I think that's it's lack of Play Store support, right? That's gonna kill yes. it. Yeah. They better get on that, man. What do they got to do to uh, allow that? To you have to be. Google certified your device does, which I mean, come on. They have to come up with a new business model. You raised millions, like figure it out. They, they, we'll there's nothing. The this is not a, Kickstart. this is not a problem with the process. It's not a problem with the hardware. The only problem is this is their business model to make money off of their own app store. Well, so unless they come sh- up with a different way to make money, pivot. it's time to pivot. Yep. Yeah. The, pivot. Well, I have not. I've not gotten this redesign. It's not much of a redesign, honestly, um, from what I could tell. Uh, it still has the same, like, like the discover section looks very similar. How it has the the uh, horizontal lines of apps in different categories. Um, the one thing that does look very, uh, you know, very different is when you actually select a game and you want to buy it, download it, whatever. Um, that looks a little cleaner and probably a little little nicer than it was. Um, but I mean, there. This is still this is still the Ouya UI. Um, it's not much of a redesign. It, it's more of like a touch up, in my opinion. Yeah, I noticed the screenshots. It didn't look dramatically different. 
Yeah. They so, say, do, uh, so Nick, are your kids playing the Ouya, or is it is it just sitting there gathering dust? Uh, it's gathered about three weeks of dust so far. <laughs> that is so sad. It is you, right. Your kids aren't playing Amazing Frog. Come on. <laughs> no, they move. Well, the thing is, they all have PCs, so. Uh, and take, tablet. Take them away. It's it's. Yeah. I I like the tablet gaming. Uh, speaking of UI redesigns, did you see the new Play Store? Ooh, it's on. No. I got it on the tablet, but not on my phone yet. But it looks just like all the other Google stuff. So here's the the main page, oh, yes. right? Yeah. But then all of your options, instead of clicking that little button on the upper right for my apps, you now tap that Play Store thing, and you'll see this very Google Plus ish looking menu pop out. And that's where now my apps, the wish list, um, and redeem for any uh, gift cards or whatever you might have. Uh, so then you can go in there and uh, my apps, and then it, it takes you to the the screen with your updates and and what, yeah, that is whatever. Nice. But yeah, I like it. Uh, it's cleaning it up a bit and kind of putting all the menus in one spot instead of having some over here and some over there and. Uh, yeah, it's got your little, uh, picture from Google plus. I don't know. You probably won't be able to see it, but y- you'll see your picture by your name and your address. Um, you know, now that we're on the, yeah, the I like it. Design, it seems to me that that's kind of one of the things they're focusing on. Like, like in terms of like Android and how apps tend to look right, you're right. with them. And now like just web pages like Google. Cause plus, that's exactly that. what the new PayPal look looks like. Yeah. Which is exactly what Google Wallet looks like. They're all kind of getting getting uh shoveled into that that UI choice. Yeah. I like it. It's I, I think it's it's good stuff. Uh let's see. Oh, this is kinda interesting. Before we talk about the Oppo N one, uh why this is off Forbes. Why Android's best answer to the iPhone risks being a beautiful disappointment. Uh, they're talking about the Moto X uh, launched three months ago. Uh, the writer, Sharif Sakyar, he was firmly in the camp that wanted it to succeed. He says, quote, I hankered after it and stood up for it in TV interviews for the simple reason that it brought something fresh to the Android stable. It prioritized sensibility over sense, and it went after iPhone defectors instead of existing Android users. But now... Even as rumors suggest the Moto X will get relaunch and a new wave of publicity on major U.S. carriers this week, the first Google Rolla phone is starting to look like a commercial misstep or at best an idea ahead of its time. No, it, it's, a, it's a commercial and marketing misstep. I or like as it. or as Shane would call it, it's a soft launch. <laughs> I like it. I still like the. I mean, I love this phone. The more I use it, I I'm completely adapted to all of its quirks and its you know the active notifications. Uh, yeah, I I I don't really have any complaints. Well, you know, well the problem the is is that they seen... shot themselves in the foot in that they they restricted this launch so much mm. and. I don't think that I don't think they really benefited from AT and T being an exclusive partner. I, I think agree. that it probably hurt them at all, because right? they. Yeah, I don't think there was any benefit whatsoever unless AT and T, you know, shoveled some money at them, which I highly, highly doubt. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt the juice was worth the squeeze in that case. I, I agree with you, Eric. I think uh, they they could have done better in terms of getting this out there because I mean, a big a big amount of the income they make off a of phone comes in the first few months, you know, as sales tend to taper off so and after the holiday season you know i don't think moto x is going to do nearly as well as even what it has done so see if they if they would have if they would have put moto maker kiosks in all these you know carrier stores where you can sit down design your phone and it gets like next day shipped to you amazon style this would have been awesome. It wasn't an idea ahead of its time. It was a half-ass idea that was half-implemented. Like Plus it was not have, like released it to a European and you know outside of the U.S. Basically, you know, it was mostly a U.S. kind of kind of uh, presence. It was very U.S. centric too. Yeah, you're right. Because I I have a I have a friend a, a German guy who lives in the U.K. and he, he's a you know he's sort of a he's a technology guy. He likes he likes playing with it. Um, and he was, you know, a little irritated that he couldn't get the Moto X in uh, in London. 
So yeah. the fact that they they restricted it so much, um, it, it was it was doomed from the start. It's a failure. Yeah, it's still a good phone. It's just that it could have done better, so much better, I think, in terms of sales. So yeah, this says and, to to be fair, the Moto X did a lot right. It ignored the current trend towards huge displays and offered a pre-shipping data transfer service specifically tailored for people whose contacts and calendars were locked up in Apple's universe. The handset also preempted the iPhone 5C's plastic skins by offering an unheard-of degree of personalization before it left the factory, with hundreds of different color schemes to choose from via the Moto Maker. Uh, there was even, unless you got it on Verizon like Matt did, there was even meant to be the option of having your Moto X partially carved out of wood, derp derp perhaps the only material that could stand out more than the gold-colored iPhone 5S. So far, however, the Moto X has barely made a dent. Motorola's specialized production line in Fort Worth got off to a terrible start. It couldn't actually manufacture the wooden varieties or even engrave personalized signatures like it had originally promised, and it couldn't offer any customization whatsoever to buyers who were not with AT&T. And honestly, that's what you get for building the thing off of a stupid gimmick. Who gives a crap about getting an engraved... Yeah. That's so stupid. Make a good device. Who cares what color it is? I mean... But it is a good device, but couple that with, I can make my buttons this certain color. That is cool. You can create a... It's like your own little customized thing. But it's not. It's not at all. It is cool. I have designed like four phones on think it's stupid website. I think it's stupid. <laughs> it is not stupid. Who it's cares? Unique. You're not wearing it on your neck or your wrist. It's in your pocket unless you're using it. Like, is are you really making a fashion statement? Yes. Of course, I'm always making a fashion <laughs> statement, Matt. Jesus. That was a silly <laughs> ask a stupid question. Uh, by September, mm-hmm. the buzz of publicity started to fade. Motorola was shipping just 100,000 units per week. Oh, is that all? and bleeding even more cash than it had before Google acquired it. These days, the Moto X mostly makes headlines when its price drops. Uh, it's now $99. <laughs> I know, but it... That's, that's a... That's, wow, okay, good. That's a low... All right. Uh, it's $99 on a two-year contract, which is significantly cheaper than what Matt paid for his Moto X <laughs> and what the iPhone 5C is and further evidence of weak demand. Then again... The Moto X story isn't quite over. Mm-mm, there's more. But wait, there's more. Later this week on November 13th, that's tomorrow, we're expecting Motorola to announce a cheaper offshoot called the Moto G. Although we don't know what level of personalization it'll offer, if any, who cares? There have also been plentiful rumors pointing to what could effectively be a second win for the Moto X, the imminent expansion of the Motor Maker program to customers on all major U.S. carriers rather than just AT&T. Right. Uh, who cares? People you, are horrible. Okay. I'm sorry. You suck. You suck. Whoever is in charge of this. You suck. Like the, <laughs> the, the team that's doing the, the marketing and rollout of these Moto X, Moto G devices. You suck. You're horrible. Didn't they get like half a billion dollars or something in marketing budget right? for Google to like yeah. most of that though, let's in all in all like let's be fair here, Red Hat or Windy Hat, that was like three quarters of that budget right there. <laughs> so I mean in all fairness, you know. Well one thing just to point out, uh the Moto X developer edition is now five forty nine, since we're on the subject of yep. Moto X and price drops. Sure. <laughs> and you can fully customize it now. Apparently. That's not stop saying that. <laughs> Choosing the color of the stupid thing is not at all anywhere near fully customized. It's not even like kind of customizing it. It's so stupid. Fully customizable fully colors? Fully no. colors. It's because that's what I. Okay. It's you got can, colors. You can fully okay, customize the look and the feel of the device, okay? <laughs> Which, as we God. all know, makes Did, the device you're like, you're like black run. You do a Snapdragon or a TIO map. Right. Like, I, I get it. It I makes it. the device run so much better when it's white. You know, it's so much faster. <laughs> it's easier. It's easier to if somebody steals it to find it on Craigslist later. <laughs> if it's... it's the white one with the pink highlights. <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> and I, Hello I Kitty like, engraved on the back. <laughs> I was totally bought into the to the Moto X until 
the Oppo N1. I like this, that phone, and I haven't even. Oh man, this phone looks great. It's so uh, cool. Where it's do you want to start? Like the phone, maybe man. the the pictures, the camera shots from Google Plus. Yeah, go for it, and we'll put in. Uh, uh, we, we try to incorporate images into the show notes. So if you only just listen to this or watch it, definitely stop by the site attackingandroids.com. Each episode will have uh, pictures for you. So the the Oppo N1, which we talked about initially because um, they came out and said, "Hey, we're partnering with CyanogenMod, and there's going to be a special edition of our phone that comes with CM pre-installed." And the camera um, swivels. And the camera swivels. Uh, and so they there's only one camera. There's not a rear-facing and a separate front-facing. It's one camera. It swivels. It's 13 megapixels. Boom! 13 megapixels. Those selfies are going to look awesome. So beautiful camera, as evident by Derek Ross on Google+, Plus, um, who has almost a million followers, which seems very He should come excessive. on our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Derek, come here, buddy. And he, he's a he's a prolific Google Glass, you know, person out there always doing glass things. Um, but he has some Oppo N1 camera shots. Holy crap, these look amazing. Um, so it's like it's three pictures of a cat and a couple of some gourds. Um, but the like the the cat, it it's amazingly high quality. I'm looking at this saying this. I will make this my next phone at this rate. Like, this is amazing. I love the Nexus. I, I said before, the only thing that could pull me away from a Nexus phone at this point is the CyanogenMod Oppo N1. Um, so I, I can't even describe it. Just go out there and look at the look at the pictures. We, we'll put them in the show notes. Um, beautiful, beautiful quality pictures. Um, yeah, plus the build quality of the phone looks pretty good. I've seen some videos and some pictures of the phone itself, and it, did, it actually looks pretty decent. Did you see the video of the arm testing this, the, yeah. the camera swivel? Yeah, that that was cool. <laughs> yeah, Kush uh, put that up. Yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. His, uh, um, well, speaking, speaking of, of video, people we need to get on the show, Kush. Right, yeah, right. go ahead, Eric. Oh, buddy. Come, come talk to us about the, the Oppo factory. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the N1 is actually launched in China uh, as of right now. Um, so because of that, there's we have another article, I believe it might have been from Android Authority, um, where they actually take a look at the Oppo N1. And yes. like you said, Nick, the build quality looks great. Um, they're saying it's very slim. It feels very smooth. Um, it's running the uh, their version of Android though the Color OS is what they call Color ROM. Yeah, so it's still running that, um, but uh, you know it looks nice. And uh, according to reports, um, oh, I'm sorry, actually the video was on Fandroid. Um, according to uh, a report from, I believe Android Authority, uh, the Cyanogen Mod version is going to be available internationally in December. So just another month to wait. But uh, definitely check out the video. So it's it's got a full 1080p, 5.9-inch IPS display. Um, it's running the Snapdragon 600 quad-core, which is, um, I, I believe that the Nexus 5 runs the Snapdragon 800. Um, yeah, it's similar it has, to the HTC One, One Max in terms of specifications. Very similar to the Nexus 7 in terms of chip. Two, oh really? Okay. Two gigs of RAM, which is very important. Two I gigs think. Of RAM. Sixteen to, or thirty-two gigabytes of storage, um, but it also has like it has that back check the, the back touchscreen, which Eric, is kind of cool. Check yeah, the, the battery: thirty-six ten milliamps, three thousand six hundred ten milliamp battery. That's huge. Oof. That's ginormous. Big battery. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's, it supports. It has Bluetooth four point It's got uh eight hundred two eleven AC support. This is a very nice phone. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. I'm down with this phone for sure. Um, and supposedly it'll be, we don't know the pricing yet, but uh, probably around, like if you base it off of the Chinese pricing, it'll probably be around $545 unlocked. Maybe they'll jack up the price to 600 Not sure. So Good stuff. Oppo. Oppo. Oppo? 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 I'm calling it Opie. Oppo? Oppo? Oppo. <laughs> The Apo N1. Uh, let's see. Before we do app picks, what else? Uh, we mentioned Nova Launcher 2.3 Beta. Uh, KitKat 
AOKP, CM, OmniROM, and Paranoid Android raw plans detailed. Article on Android Authority. Did we talk about this? We did not talk about it yet. Um, this is a good article just to, you know, because everybody has their favorite ROM. Right. Um, unless you're running some, like, highly specialized or you're rolling your own. Um, unless you're these on a are Moto sort of X. the main ones. Sure. <laughs> What's that? I said unless you're on a Moto X. Or your Oppo and you're you right. know, doing color OS. Um, so Paranoid Android, um, it says that they're, you know, basically, basically this is just an article that validates that the people at Paranoid, Omni, CyanogenMod, and AOKP are working on Android 4.4 builds. Um, notably, the CyanogenMod people um, started, uh, I think I saw that they, like there's like the first couple commits to the CM11 um have started uh, have started coming out and they even put a post on their on their website talking about it so it's it's coming um it'll be interesting i think to see if um them becoming a a company and that sort of stuff means that CM can push out stable versions of CM11 faster than they did with 10 or 9 interesting I heard too. I I forget where it, where it was. I posted somewhere. I think it might have been on Google Plus, um, talking about the Moto X and and four point three. And somebody mentioned that they were skipping four point three and just going straight to four point four, which I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I heard that too, but I can't remember who who's doing that. Like two days ago, I heard that. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Uh, I, I every day I don't even know why, and I still I I check on the the Nexus 10 also, but so far still just 4.3. So we'll see. And no no refresh Nexus 10 either. Yeah, Waiting for that. Yeah, yeah, that's depressing for me because I think I'm actually more interested in that than even the Nexus 5 for myself. So I think that's the next thing I'm going to get next Android device. It's a good tablet, definitely. I mean. I probably should wipe it and start over. Tends to to get a little slow, you know, over time. But still, definitely. I mean, Dead Trigger Two. <laughs> I've been jamming that game nonstop. It's so good. Uh, so yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Any, anything else we want to talk about? I think that's gonna do it. Yeah. Oh, we should mention this. This cool uh bootloader boot unlocker tool that lets you lock your device and unlock it without a wipe which is kind of cool i mean you know in the past whenever you unlock the bootloader you gotta wipe the device which sucks right a lot right especially Um, if you're a badass like me and you don't do backups (laughs) that's right that's right flashing cowboy yeah Um, so it's called the one thing that's a little confusing though is in the article it says that you unless I'm misreading it, it says that you can use it, but only after you've done a traditional unlock. Um, ah. So I'm not, I'm not really sure if that's the case or not. Right. Um, but I think I'm going to give it a shot later today um, with my Nexus 4 once I, once I back it up because <laughs> I'm not an idiot. That's right. Um, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, it's uh? called Boot Unlocker. It's a simple utility app. This is off of AndroidPolice.com. A simple utility app with a single purpose: toggling the lock state of the bootloader on supported Nexus devices. With the exception of the Asus-built Nexus Seven, both 2012 and 13 models, all recent Nexus devices, uh, GeneX and newer, have kept their lock state stored in a single memory location on the param or miscellaneous partition. By flipping that bit directly, instead of using fastboot, your data will not be lost. Of course, this partition is normally write-protected, thus the requirement that you already have root. By securing other avenues as thoroughly as possible, including a strong password on the lock screen, you can enjoy the benefits of frequent modding while still ensuring nobody can mess with your device without wiping its data. So... Good, Good stuff. stuff. Check it out. It's in the Play Store. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com. Horrible Eric. icon, though. Horrible yeah. icon. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like stencil boot, and then they just like copy and pasted a green padlock on top of it. Then again, Attack of the Androids, Yats, the Jam Hole, and the Hotbox all have the same WordPress template, so who am I to judge? 
All right, let's do at picks for episode <laughs> 105. Eric on Skype, start us out. Live on Skype, my app pick is Google TV Remote. Um, I have a big problem with my Google TV. Well, I have multiple problems with my Google TV, um, <laughs> but one of them being the uh, I have the Hisense, um, whatever it was called, Hisense something. Pulse, um, Pulse thank you. Um, the remote control for that is uh, it's it's Bluetooth, but it has like a, a gyroscope or something like that, so. It doesn't pull battery power unless you're holding it and like it, it thinks that you're trying to use it. Um, the problem is, is that if you set it down wrong, it just sits there and drains your battery constantly. <laughs> nice. Which, which is really, really irritating. So what I've started doing instead <laughs> is uh, Google puts out a free Google TV remote, an official app, um, that turns your phone or your tablet into the TV remote. Um, so whatever I have near me, I just fire it up. And I have a you know a virtual remote, and I can just you know control the Google TV with that. Um, it's been a you know it's it's saving me on batteries at least, and I don't have to hunt around for the remote because I always have my phone on me. Good deal. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. So if you if you have a Google TV, and if you're still using it because hey it plays MKV files very very easily, um, <laughs> then uh, you should use this app because it's less of a pain in the ass than any other method. There you go. Good choice. All right, uh, Nick, give a snap pick. Cool. All right, real quick, uh, just before I start out, I just want to show my uh, phone. I uh, got a new case for my Nexus 4. It's, little, it's an oh, inexpensive whoa. TPU case. That's awesome. But, but uh, yeah, man, it, uh, I had dropped this phone like a month ago and thankfully didn't break much. <laughs> but uh, there's a slight crack in my screen, so I replaced that. So anyways, as far as my app pick, it's uh, Quick Office by Google. <laughs> now by Google, uh, they've uh, been they've updated it recently, and it integrates with all the all other uh, Google uh, services like uh, Google Docs, Google Drive, etc. In fact, that's actually what I'm using it from right now. So mostly I'll be using it to actually as just a reader. I'm actually using it as my preferred reader over Adobe Reader and uh, Kingsoft Office, and there's another PDF viewer. So um, and it of course has a night mode uh, for like when you're like for me, I'm reading before I go to bed. I've got a certification exam I'm taking next week, so I'm basically reading every night <laughs> before I go to bed. But uh, I use the heck out of this this app, at least for that. But you can also edit, you know, uh, docs and uh, spreadsheets off of Google Drive, and uh, it's pretty nice. It's free. I mean, you can't can't hurt to uh, to uh, get it, and uh, it's improving. It's a little rough right now. Like this little like if you're reading in night mode, this top bar doesn't go away and it and it stays lit up, but there's a few other glitches, but I mean it's it's getting better over time. I like that it's recently gone through a major update. So I'd used it a, a little bit last year as well. So anyways, quick office by Google. Nice. <clears throat> All right. I got a weird quirky game. Kind of reminds me of Not. It's called Tree Maker. Uh <laughs> yeah, I don't it's a weird kind of physics-y puzzle game where you you kind of swing around like Spider-Man and get these. I don't know. You you just got to play. It's really neat looking, though. You Do you guys remember not how it was all drawn out like that? This is kind of drawn in the same manner. Um, yeah, it says travel your way through three different worlds, harness the power of physics. Yes, science, bitches. <laughs> uh, and help the creatures get their trees back. Tap on the screen to cast a rope. Second tap makes you fling yourself to the direction of rope. Swipe the screen to swing and gain speed. Pinch to... Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. Pinch to zoom and view the 3D environment. Uh, open GLES 2 and proper GPU performance is required for the game. Uh, so keep that in mind. Looks nice. But yeah, like it's, it's so fun. I, I've been... When I'm not playing Dead Trigger 2, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> playing uh, Tree Maker, so... Uh, it's cool. by McRotty LTD. McRotty? McRotty? I don't know. Uh, so check it out. Links to all of this stuff, plus the rerun video of our Hangouts on Air in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com. What's our email address, Eric? Matthew, our email address is show at attackoftheandroids.com. Very good, then. Join us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter account. And make sure you and all your friends subscribe to the new Attack of the Androids YouTube channel. Uh, links to all that stuff are on the site. 
at attackoftheandroids.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Nick, Eric, Matt Lee, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Join us tomorrow night for Yats, Thursday for Point and Shoot. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Good night. Bye. It's Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids dot com.